You're listening to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. All right, so we're talking about loving your home, and obviously we're talking about refinancing uh, in order to love your home even more, right? Well, exactly, because, you know, we heard from our uh, realtor friend here earlier in the show that maybe improving your home before you sell it is a good idea. I personally think improving your home before you sell it is a great idea. But why don't you enjoy your home? Yeah. You know, not everyone loves their home. I certainly get that. Sometimes the home doesn't work for them. Sometimes it's a location. Sometimes it might be finishes. There's a bunch of reasons maybe right. why people don't love their home. Um, but maybe there's a way you can love your home more. You know what they say is location, location, location. Yeah. And they always say buy the worst house in the in the best location. Yeah. Because you can't change the location. Right. But you can really change almost everything else about your home. If you have the money. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So the way refinance works, and I'll give you a little bit of nuts and bolts, is you can finance up to 80% of the market value of the home. Luckily, if you bought a house prior to you know 2020 and 2019 or earlier, you did well. You did pretty well, and typically those people have quite a bit of equity in their homes. Yep. And what you can do is you can uh, finance up to 80% of the market value, less how much you owe on any secured debt. So that be might might be mortgage or home equity line of credit, and then the proceeds from that. Uh, equity could be used maybe for the improvements. Some people are choosing to use that equity to maybe pay down some debt, but obviously you usually will love your home more if you improve it. So you can certainly pull that equity out. Mm-hmm. And typically what we tell people when you borrow those you know, funds from your home, and if you're going to put the money into your house, I think in many cases you will double down on maybe your investment. So let's say, for example, you put $50,000 of renovations in your home. Right. Oftentimes you'll increase the value of the home between fifty and hundred thousand dollars, and in some mm-hmm. cases more. I think it yeah. depends really what type of renovations you do. So, what is the process? Let's let's go through the entire process. The mechanics. Yeah, the mechanics of it, because it's very important that that people understand. It's you don't just walk into Clinton Wilkins and say, "I want fifty thousand dollars." Yeah. So the way yeah. that it starts is we do an application, and we do an application. It's the same application if you were going to buy a home. We ask your income, your assets, your credit, all your personal information, and we get the supporting documents. And then we submit the file for approval. And that might be to the existing lender. That might be to the lender that you have your mortgage with now. Or maybe we're going to go to a different lender. Maybe it depends on like where we have our best relationships at the time. It might depend where the rates are. Mm-hmm. It might depend where we can actually get your file approved, depending on what your situation yeah. is. Yeah. Once we have the approval, then we'll know, do we need an appraisal of the property? Most times when we're refinancing, mm-hmm. we need to get an appraisal because we need to know what the market value yeah, is of the property. Know, they, or the lender that's due diligence. The obviously. lender needs to know this, right? Yes. Yeah. And th- the lenders, luckily, in some cases, have an automatic property valuation system. Mm -hmm. They leverage the data from the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation and a variety of other data sources. And sometimes they're able to support the valuation internally. That doesn't always happen. And I think right now, because we've been in a raising kind of value environment, Mm -hmm. we're doing more appraisals. Let's be honest. And whatever the appraisal costs. How much does the appraisal cost? Sorry to interrupt. I would say an appraisal costs, you know, three, four, five, six hundred dollars. Typically, the borrower pays, pays, and some lenders absolutely require the borrower pay. They don't want to let anyone else pay for it. Right. Why? Because it's, you know, they don't want to have undue influence over the appraisal. I see. The bank owns the appraisal, though, Todd. The appraisal is not owned by the borrower. And sometimes the borrower feels like, well, I should have that appraisal. I paid for that appraisal. Well, you paid for it on behalf of the bank. The bank will own it because the bank is going to rely on that appraisal to lend you money. Yeah. 
Right? If here's a question, let's suggest that uh, you want to go with another lender. Mm-hmm. That appraisal has been done. Is that a transferable appraisal, or do you have to go over? If over that again? lender relied on the appraisal, yeah, and you've done a deal, no, can't it's you use that appraisal? Okay. If let's say you had an approval, and we did an appraisal, and you've decided, hey, midstream. I want to actually use a different lender, or maybe that lender has decided they don't want to do this transaction for you. Right. In that case, in some cases, it can be assigned or transferred. That's the exception. Right. That is not the norm. Yeah. Um, and typically, an appraiser cannot appraise the same property uh, within six months for a different lender. Mm-hmm. So if you did an appraisal, and then you're going to go to a different lender, and you need a new appraisal, we typically have to go to a different appraiser. Right. Because... That same appraiser can't have kind of two reports that two different lenders are really relying upon. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a valuation. Yes, right. there is some an opinion that is, you know, taken from an appraisal, but they're looking at the data. Mm-hmm. They're looking at what has sold in the neighborhood, what maybe the square footage is going to be, what the similar, similar sales are going to be. Yeah. And then it comes to a number and they average out these, these uh, properties with, you know, sometimes add backs or sometimes they take money away depending on what the features are, the benefits, the style, the quality, location, mm-hmm. all these things. Yeah. And then it comes to a final value. What happens with that appraised value is that's what the home should sell for yeah. in a balanced market or in a market right. that we're even in right now. That's yeah. what a buyer should agree with the seller. Right. People don't always agree with the appraisal. Appraisal has a bit of opinion in there. Yeah. So if you, you know, it's subjective, it's it is a bit opinion, subjective. subjective yeah. It is a bit subjective. Yeah. And whatever we, we get in that appraisal, we can finance up to 80% of that market value. Right. So in other words, if, if a house is appraised at $300,000 in, in value, uh, in, mm-hmm. in equity. You could get 80% of the of Yeah, the so like if the appraisal comes in at 300, we can do 80% of 300, which would be 240. 240, yeah. Less than 240 would be how much you owe right now. Yeah. And then the net difference is what you could do for your improvements. Right. And at that time, would you re-amortize over another 20, 25 years? In I order think it depends on people's situations, Todd. Right. But some would, right? I think a lot of people, yeah. when they take equity out, they take a longer amortization right. because by virtue, your payment's going to be higher. It's going to be higher, yeah, yeah. exactly. So in order to absorb that shock, that's the time to do that. Yeah, I would say if, if you're going to do a big financial transaction and if you're going to pull some equity out, honestly, I look at everyone's finances. Yeah. You don't want to pull up the full 80%, but you have this like credit card debt. Sometimes I'll, I'll recommend, hey, I think you should take an extra ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars clean up all that debt. Yeah, yeah. Have a better financial position. And in some cases, that will help maybe not take a longer amortization because right, right. if you're making all these extra payments, yeah. you could technically have more money to pay down the mortgage yeah. faster. The challenge is obviously is not getting back into that cycle of debt once you paid that off. That's really, that's really the key. And I think yeah. in some cases we give the recommendations to lenders or lenders will deem that the borrower during the transaction has to close the credit accounts. Right. In some cases. Yeah. But they Especially, could reopen them though. I mean, if you want, if you're going to, if you're going to be, or you could, person, you could apply and get another piece of credit. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. But, what will happen is typically lenders will allow the debt to be kept open if you don't need to pay the debt to make the numbers work to qualify. Right. But if you have to pay the debt down to qualify, it's there is a good chance you're going to have to close it. Yeah, yeah. So people, when 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 the deal closes, you get a chunk of money in your bank account mm-hmm. and you can do with, with whatever you want with that money, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and when we do a refinance uh, to do the improvements, as long as we are using the current market value, you're literally getting a check. Some lenders want to know that you're not doing structural work to the house because obviously that puts their security at risk. 
So, you know, if there's larger scale renovations going on, sometimes they ask a few more questions, but you don't have to provide receipts. You just like get the money. You get the money and you, and you, you need go. to manage it yourself yeah. and you need to manage it well, because if you're yeah. getting a big lump sum of money, like let's say you're pulling out a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you need to get a return on that investment. Yeah. You need to improve that property yeah. because at the end of the day, you're hoping to have even more equity than you had before the refinance. So That's really what they so, so there is some risk there on yeah. behalf of the lender because they don't know that uh, that you're going to use that money in that way. And that's why if there's a large cash out, sometimes yeah. they ask some additional questions, but nothing that we can't deal yeah. with, nothing that we don't deal with every day. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I would say the vast, vast majority of times that this is done, people use the money wisely and put the money into the house. The I, odd time it doesn't happen, I'm sure. There's always going to be the characters that don't do what they're saying, yeah. what they say they're going to do. Yeah. That always does happen, Todd. Yeah. yeah. But I would say nine times out of 10, I would say even probably 99 times out of 100, people's intentions are what they are. Yeah. And and to and to our point earlier, you people do this if they're going to sell and many times, but if you can do it- But like, why do it before jo- you sell? Right. Like just enjoy right before. the home. Enjoy yeah. the home. Enjoy the upgrades, right? Yeah, totally. Like, why yeah. are you improving the property for somebody else? That yeah. seems like a pain. Yeah. That all said, it, it is an investment. You mm-hmm. you are upgrading and there is a time and a place for that also. Right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. And you need to be able to afford it. Yeah. I think sometimes people have the pie dreams or whatever, yeah. dreams in the sky yeah. of having this or that or, uh, you know, doing a backyard renovation or doing a new kitchen and a bathroom. That comes with an associated cost. You know, there's a cost of borrowing. Yeah. Maybe you need to extend your amortization, which means you have to pay your mortgage over a longer period of time. There, that comes with a cost. Yeah. So it needs to be an educated decision on making this you know, leap. Yeah. Sometimes people come without maybe doing the research. Yeah, I know how much a kitchen costs. Yeah. But you can do a kitchen for twenty thousand dollars, or you can do a kitchen for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. It depends really what you're looking yeah. to do. Yeah. So I think you kind of need to have a ballpark. And here's the thing: when you're doing renovations, you need to have a fallback plan. You either need to have cash or credit for overruns, because I can tell you. It certainly does it's happen. Gonna happen. It's um, going to happen. During our last radio show, uh, we did a, uh, some reels that were up on uh, TikTok and yep. Instagram. So if you're following me, you can see these. Todd and I are are saying what we normally say. Yep. And I had someone comment, uh, a listener from New Brunswick, that they built a new construction property 40% over budget. Wow. Four zero. Yeah, yeah. That is significant. And yeah. that can certainly put people in financial hardship if yeah. you don't have the cash or credit to be able to cover, obviously, that right. overrun. And, and it's probably good advice for people to consult with some contractors before they get into this, right? Or yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, in some cases, I think people are doing renovations themselves. You know, there's people that work in the trades that maybe are handy and whatever. If you're like a handyman special, I don't think maybe doing the renovations yourself is always going to add the value to the property. During our last session, we had James Dwyer on and and he said he's seen people that put in a new kitchen, the house sells three weeks later, the kitchen's in the dumpster. Yeah, the, yeah. You don't want to be that person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sure. waste. Yeah. That's a waste of your money. That's really wasting the buyer's time. And I think in some cases, if you're renovating to sell, you need to do the right things. Like make sure the envelope's good. Do that stuff. Yep. But then if you know other stuff needs to be improved, let the new buyer improve yeah. it. So the, so the bottom line is if you're going into this and you feel as though this is something that you want to do, get your ducks in a row, get mm-hmm. your taxes, get your income, get your, all of those know your docs that are. you're going to need all of that stuff. Know where your tax bill is. That's yeah. the number one thing people don't have. Right, yeah. I can tell you the th- people from 311 that get the calls, they're like, oh, is this one for Clinton? They probably know. Yeah. They probably know. Yeah. We get the tax bill on every single file. I'll tell you why. Yeah. That is a big piece of the underwriting for the lenders 
and they always ask the lawyer to confirm the taxes. Right. Guess what? Yeah. Clinton's already confirmed it. It will be a smooth closing. Yeah. I know my files close on time. Yeah. And I know that once I get a file approved, it is going to be a good approval because I get a lot of documents up front. And, you know, some lenders, some brokers just throw stuff at the wall and see if it's going to stick. I have a very high approval rating and we get our mortgages funded because we ask the questions. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got another segment left. We're going to talk about we're going to, we're going to, a little bit of a, maybe a buzzkill, perhaps, but not necessarily. We will end on a good note. We're going we to promise. empower people when they're going into uh, love relationships and they want to cohabitate and they want to go into these contracts together. We're going to educate them with that. How's that sounds great? Mortgage One One, your guide to home ownership. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to learn more, feel free to visit us online at teamclinton.ca.